congratulations. Um, Albert, you are sleazy. A little sleazy. I felt like you buttered people up when you knew they were leaving the game. And I don't feel like you had any real intention to make a big move against your lives. Coach, I feel like you used Christianity to manipulate your whole tribe and put fear into them, actually. Sophie, the reason I find it hard to write your name down for a million dollars is that you're the most condescending person I've ever met. You took zero time to get to know anybody, really. Definitely. I think I said this in the beginning. I mean, I think that's part of who I am. I think I am really hard to get to know. And I'm very blunt. I'm very intimidating. And I think that it's just part of, like, how I come off. And I think that after this game and after hearing all the feedback, I think it's not such a good quality as I thought it was. I thought it was Yeah, great. definitely not. And I think it's weakness. Okay, thanks. Once again, too... The only queer Survivor Superfan podcast that we know of, uh, Bitter Jurors. Uh, this week, we are here to talk about um, a very dominant reality TV performance. Uh, I'm, of course, referring to Jada Essence Hall on this week's Drag Race. Um, and also Survivor happened, I guess. Um, and here to talk to me about that, as always, is the... Um, lovely uh hair journey going on her uh sam stanish oh great i'm glad we can talk about this right at the beginning of the call every video call i've been on so far this week has started with sam you buzzed your head and i i have nothing to say to that it's just <laughs> a truth uh you know we're all trying to live in our apocalypse selves as best we can in quarantine and so i just decided to lean into it and become you know as furious as i could possibly be oh yes hell yeah i just rewatched fury road so love that for you and as a balding <laughs> as a balding bitch um i but it, yeah it's fine it's nothing new to me buzzing my head <laughs> so um and a very exciting guest this week with us is um staff writer for mel magazine he uh wrote an article called Survivor is Secretly the Gayest Show on TV, How Survivor Hatched a Cult, or, yeah, a cult of queer following, uh, hatched, haha, Richard Hatch, I get it. Uh, <laughs> I just got that as, as I was reading it. Um, <laughs> it's uh, Joseph Longo. Thanks, guys. How's it going? Thanks for having me on. Yes. It's great. How are you? I'm doing well, um, or as well as you can in quarantine. Um, yeah. The uh, buzz cut discourse. I am curious. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna bleach it, and then I was gonna buzz it, and now I'm doing neither. How do we feel? I, the original thought was that I would buzz it and then dye it pink, uh, it, but so far we've just buzzed it. I think it's fine. I, uh, you know, it's not gonna be my new look outside of these four walls but it'll be good for the for the time being you look um, your hair looks great as though a, yeah. as a queer person i do have to ask are you in a crisis because it's in a buzz for the crisis it's a call Absolutely. for help i mean we are all sort of in this long uh like sort of dull blunt trauma that we're all going through just like being alone and without other people so i would say i'm in a crisis even though i don't always feel like i'm in a crisis Mm, I feel that. Yeah, not to, like, uh, I don't want to call anyone out, but a certain person I won't name who I follow and is a gay man um, on a certain uh, social media uh, <laughs> platform, he um, bleached his hair, 
and not even a week later he buzzed off. I was like, oh, she's really going through it. <laughs> like, I'm gonna have to cry for help. Yeah. I actually did do that um, when I was 17. I was working at my summer camp, and I dyed my hair blonde. And then four weeks later, my roots were really coming in. And so then I buzzed it so that I just had a buzz cut of brown hair again. Right. That's fair. But this seemed, um, um, I don't know, a good word to yeah. describe it. It's very um, concerning to view in real time. The data uh, points too close together. Yes. Um, but I think we should also mention that this uh, great article, which you should all read, be, uh, not only because it mentions Lisa Welchel, Sam's um, <laughs> favorite of all time on Survivor. Okay, um, that's overstating it. No, it is not. You can <laughs> pretend all you want. But... Just because I'm her number one fan doesn't mean she's my number one fave, you know? Uh, I don't think that's Ooh. true. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, Christine Palin, our f- super friend of the pod, uh, was also quoted in this article, We Live. And, um, yeah, lots of great people, like Andy Heron, who we love. Um, from Pat one Regan. of the o- Yeah. <laughs> Andy from the oh, only Pat. Big Brother season I've watched. So, <laughs> Well, that's not true. Big Brother Canada something. <laughs> I watched the ICA season, I think. Andy's but, a genius. Yeah, Andy was uh, great to talk to. He's uh, I asked him because I was like, "Is Big Brother at all similar to Survivor?" And he's like, "No, they're completely different beasts." <laughs> but maybe the next binge is Big Brother too. I love a good. He referred to himself as a queer villain. I love a good queer villain <laughs> in a reality program. I feel like he's only a villain to like the fans. Like I feel like only people who watch live feeds feel like he's a villain. But when I was watching just the edited show, because I do not have time for like all of that nonsense um it's already such a time suck of a show but um he seemed like a fun like he like the show presented him as a pretty great social game like winner so i don't think he's a villain but the fans certainly act like he is so i think that anyone who comes out of a season that is looked upon negatively is seen as a villain like no matter what they do right like, he worked with the racists, but everyone on that season was racist, so it's like he would have had to work really hard to not work with at least one racist. Oh, Big Brother. What yes. a thrill to watch. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Big Brother and Survivor, yeah, not, I mean, they're similar enough where we all, all the, like, the fans kind of run in the same circles, but yeah, I'd say they are different beasts. For it's a sure. similar. It's a similar skill set to play the games, but, like, the TV shows are, like, so entirely, absolutely, like, discreetly different. Yeah. Although I'm convinced with quarantine and being inside just for hours on end that I could do server- I could do Big, Bo- Big Brother in a moment. Because it feels <laughs> like I'm always concerned about, they, they just don't ever get enough sun to me on that show. <laughs> They're just on these big right. IKEA couches. Um, and now I'm convinced that since, since I spent all my time on an IKEA couch, I could do Big Brother. <laughs> right. And yeah, they have their little like square of backyard that has like a hood for the smokers, <laughs> which is fun. <laughs> um, I've yeah. always said that I would much prefer to do Big Brother than Survivor just because I, I mean, I don't know that I could do the outdoors part, but I mean, now I've been inside for almost 39 days. Uh, who knows? You know, that's only like one third of a Big Brother season. Yeah, that's the thing about, like, I don't know. I feel like I'd prefer to do Survivor because Survivor's just, you're in there and you're out. Like, it's a lot faster. And then Big Brother's just, like, so long and, like, 
I don't know, but I feel like Big Brother I would do better just because, like, the trick is just don't do anything for the first month and you're good, pretty much. So <laughs> I feel like, yeah. I would there... do Survivor, but you get so many more Instagram followers from Big Brother, so it's just like, that why not do Big true. Brother? Yeah. I love on Survivor all the contestants that are that come and they're like, this is not what I expected. I didn't expect to be cold. I didn't <laughs> expect to be wet. It's like, you see the show, they're literally like, <laughs> In real time, losing weight and being famished. Right. <laughs> That's like Pat Regan was like, <laughs> I I would do a Survivor, but I don't want to get wet. <laughs> I would do Survivor if I didn't have to get wet. That's uh, me. I, 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 I feel the survive. same way. I will do Survivor if a, but if a bug touches me, it's over. I'm out of there. <laughs> Although, the, like when they do those like re- like those nature shots and we get into the like, this is National Geographic. And, like, those lizards or any of the seasons with the big animals, I'm, like, I would freak out. Like, I could yeah. do a spider, but, like, when you see, like, I don't know, some sort of lizard or something with, like, a long tongue, I'm, like, no. If this person <laughs> attacks me on a reality show, it would not fare well. There's a right. season where an elephant comes, like, 100 yards away from their uh, tent that I'm not sure you've seen yet. But, like, it's just, like, it's just right there. And they just, like, have to deal with that, that an elephant is right near them. Right. And that is also a season where they, not shown on camera, they, like, murdered a turtle and ate it. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. Um, so, but... Joseph, well, how do you feel so far about Winners at War? Uh, I, we mentioned you haven't seen, you don't, you weren't, you weren't familiar with all these winners going into the season. So how do you feel, good, like, getting spoiled right off the bat of, like, many, many seasons who's going to win? Um, I was okay with it. So I came to Survivor through my editor, Cooper Fleischman, who's a huge Survivor stan. And he's like, you got to watch the show. And I'm like, it's too straight. Quickly realized, as I wrote in that article, that it is a lot of hot dudes and gossipy women. So very queer. Um, mm-hmm. And I watched one episode. I watched the season uh, premiere of uh, Winners at War and Parvati Shallow. Didn't know who that was, but I just <laughs> I was like, she understands me. She gets me. That. <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow wanting to be guru she knows it and then (laughs) I finished her trifecta of seasons uh, 13 16 and 20 Um, and they're all great and so many of those seasons uh, those winners are on this one so I feel like I'm kind of doing double time but I kind of love it it's nice to like see some new characters that I don't know like all of the new ones um, like Jeremy uh, I guess I know who Rob is now, but um, it's interesting to find those characters. And then the women are just their icons. Michelle, Kim, you don't, I don't feel like I need to know them to know that they know that I know them. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Kim and Michelle are just like, speak to the gay soul. Like, I don't know what, I think it's just the, the like, I don't know, their eyes, something in their eyes, you know. <laughs> it's just, Michelle's it's just voice. Uh-huh. Michelle's voice gives me such like, uh, state school uh, sorority girl in a way that feels nourishing and like I know that personality and I love her yes <laughs> yeah. it's like why they're on reality tv like they're just normal people but they have something about them that just like sucks you in and like even through a tv screen you just like are obsessed with them right so I you have to be their best friends right exactly uh so Joseph you hadn't watched One World which is Kim's season or Korong which is Michelle's no, not yet. Those are going to be my next two. I decided I had to do the Parvati trifecta. Um, and then I wanted to jump to something newer. So then I went with uh, 28, which is uh, Kageyan. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I heard that was a good season. And it started slow, but it's got Sarah and Tony, and I'm enjoying it finally. I hit the merge last night. Um, mm. ah! <laughs> that's a great episodes. Yeah, that's a good episode. With Cass, President Sarah. Cassie Quillen <laughs> is one of my favorite reality TV contestants of all time. She is an icon to me. I'm obsessed with her. She is hilarious and so, so excellent at making great TV. Yes. I was when I was watching there's the character Lindsay. I don't know if you remember her. She has <laughs> the white woman with the braids. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was like, this is an Abby Jacobson character from like Broad City. <laughs> the, the same the same face is similar cadence. I'm like, this is truly some sort of Abby Jacobson SNL skit character. Um, and so that. she did not last long, spoiler alert on that, but you guys no. already know that. I love yeah. that she quit because she couldn't go back to camp without punching someone in the face. <laughs> Honestly, that I lived for that trauma, though. I was like, good for you for knowing your limit, but also, what a way to go out. Yeah. You hate to see uh, Uncle Cliff go, Uncle Spliffy, whatever his nickname is or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tough stuff for Lindsay. But yeah, agreed. Cass is amazing. Um, you mentioned Survivor Sucks in your... Um, article and uh cast has a very interesting past with that um website if you ever want to like do a deep dive into her um journey from super fan to contestant on the show i love a super fan i mean i'm i'm now just getting into them with i guess fans for favorites was the first time when there's like a super fan contestant that i was introduced to but yeah right. so is fascinating. i don't know a lot about it but um it seems like it has a good history a long uh, history, anyway. <laughs> yeah, long. Very. Yeah, then you get into Ooh, clubs. That that dramatic. Yes, it is very dramatic. Survivor fans are nothing if not dramatic and uh, contentious with each other. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, do we want to like get into the episode at hand? Yeah, now? let's st- let's start off with our the most heartbreaking thing that I've ever experienced. Uh, how did you feel about Sophie all through this season and her eventual elimination? She was one of those. My favorite characters are the like social players, but the slightly neurotic ones. So like a Sophie, someone that you can see has like worked through all of the opportunities and the um, strategies in their head. Uh, so I like that type of personality. So immediately I was like, okay, Sophie's interesting to me. She's clearly like kind of like the uh, teacher's pet character, um, which I latch on to. Again, for icons, <laughs> teacher's pet. um and so i was i kind of fell in love and she she's been seeming to have a good edit up until you know today's tragic or or this week's tragic um ending but yeah it's sad it's sad to see her go you never want to see a a female go all the men can leave exactly thank you (laughs) we're trying to say um yeah sophie is uh incredible we love her not just because she's just an amazing character but we personally love her for her position in the survivor like canon as um she basically not to like give too much away about her season but she basically basically, like gets to the end it's a season with all newbies except for two um returning players as like these captains for each tribe and sophie basically uh takes one of those captains and drags him to the end as a goat and just uh beats this production pet and it's amazing and she saved survivor by doing yeah it's great actually it's not it's not even just the one production pet it's like 
the, the watching that season, you see so clearly that the producers loved four men way more than her and wanted them to win so badly. And she still like gets to the end and wins. It's begrudging like and like the jury like hates everyone who gets to the end, but she still is able to do it. And so it's just great that she defeats these challenge beasts in a in, a, in immunity challenges and gets to the end and like is so funny. And even though she's under edited, like her place in the Survivor fan base since then has like been amazing. She's like she won like nine years ago. So she's like been able to give so much so many great thoughts on Rob has a podcast and stuff like that. Uh and just like she's so firmly planted as a super fan icon, even though like s- regular fans and people who just watch the show like probably have no memory of her before <laughs> this season aired. Right. A cult classic, if you will, yes. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and you well, you would know Ozzy was on that season from Cook Islands. He was one of these oh, uh, production yeah. pets, and he, he stood no chance against uh, Sophie <laughs> the Challenge Beast. Ozzy is, uh, he's had quite the interest, watching him from, what was that, like 13 Cook Islands to fans of favorites. Yeah. He's had quite a journey, it looks like. Oh, yes. And that journey only gets more of the same. <laughs> yeah, it feels like he started, I mean, he was hot that first, in what, 2013, whatever that first 2013 season. Yeah. Um, and then fans were favorites. He was a little, he like professed his love at the end to Amanda. I just finished that <laughs> season and I was like, oh, gosh. Um, Supposedly some of the only uh, semi-confirmed survivor copulation going on <laughs> on that season between Ozzy and Amanda which, you know, that's pretty impressive. We've heard that only that uh, your sex drive just goes out the window when you're on Survivor, so that's impressive oh, really? that they, they powered through that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, where does this episode start? Do we start with Jeremy just sitting alone by himself? By yeah. The camera, which is funny. Having left tribal. Yes, which as we saw was like clearly the correct decision because they confirmed like, yeah, it was Jeremy going this uh, tribal so he made the right decision um, I love but... this scene because when he's watching them all come back he's like pissed that Tyson went out he was like guys like all I want I really wanted Tyson to stay in the game <laughs> like he's my shield or whatever and everyone's like <laughs> Me okay. yeah exactly yeah. and he's sort of like everyone's I'm like well you shouldn't have left then if you were so adamant about Tyson leaving but if he hadn't left then he would have gone home but I guess he like doesn't he hasn't like put that together yet so he's sort of just like mad that something he wanted to happen didn't happen but if he had stayed and like tried to make it happen he would have lost right so yeah a sticky situation yeah I agree it was very funny it's also funny that he's like Tyson the biggest shield out here it's like is like is Tony invisible to these people? I'm confused about why I feel he's like just... Tony's just too chaotic for everyone. Like they just don't know what to make of him. At least I don't. But yeah, that seems um, with Jeremy. Right. I feel like going into the season, a lot of people like assumed that the big targets would be like Tony because he has a big shadow that he's cast because of his first season. Um, and then Kim. Like, she's talked up as, like, the greatest of all time. Um, like, those two, I think, would be probably the biggest outside of, like, your classic, like, Sandra, Rob, those people. And so it's interesting that those two are still in and that at least Tony, from what the edit is trying to show us, isn't ever on anyone's target or people seem to think he's under their, like, thumb 
which is I don't know why you would think that about Tony, but they do. Um, Except for Kim, she clocked him this episode. Yes, we love that. (laughs) His biggest, he's her biggest enemy, as she said. So, and he became my biggest enemy this episode. (laughs) Right there with her. (laughs) But yeah, so Jeremy's mad. Uh, Ben talks. <laughs> yeah, he tries to convince Ben that now he's now Ben is the biggest threat out in the on the on the island. Like now that Tyson is gone, Ben is the biggest threat. I just I like you're saying before, like I don't understand where why aren't people looking at Kim and Tony, it seems. Why are they not threats? Right. Or either that or they're just not showing people talking about it, and maybe they are, but I don't know. Like the feeling is like Tony seems like he's in pretty solid with like Sarah and that group so it's like I guess it makes sense that they wouldn't want him out but it's like do they really think if Tony gets the end he's not just gonna win by virtue of being Tony at the end <laughs> like it's very confusing yeah and I think Kim is like she's playing probably the smart role of just kind of like sliding through until uh she can't be undercover anymore I'm excited to see what she does she's uh she's one of those characters that I didn't know anything about at the beginning but um, I'm 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 starting to fall in love with. <laughs> yes, very exciting. Although I when I I uh, uh, she tweeted out the um, <laughs> survivor article and she got mad because I she called, called her. Shade. Yeah. Yeah, she. I mean, rightfully so, which made me only love her more. But I called her a lanky <laughs> underdog, and she's like, "I need a new nickname." <laughs> so we stand. Hey. We stand her. Yes, we do. She. Yeah, she saw the shade, and she had to call it out. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, people so. try to people try to pigeonhole her as a robot and like a boring contestant. But I think that she is, even though like she can be edited in a way where she's like a, just a total gamer. I think that she her funniness still comes through on both of her seasons so far like she's very funny yes um i compared gg good uh to kins bradlin so that's, oh that's a good one so yeah um although gg has been faltering recently so maybe gg is entering her um winners at war phase <laughs> of her kims bradlin journey uh, but yeah so we get all that stuff we get a good check-in with michelle as we always should we should always be checking in with michelle but we don't get an explanation from the show, at least, for her Tyson vote, which is... It's so misleading. It, it, like, the edit on the show makes it seem like Michelle didn't vote with the majority, but, it like, she did. Yeah, and it... That t- was the thing... That's what I've realized, is you have... To, so I used to, in binging it, I used to not watch the, like, end where they show you who, like, what the ballot is, and then the next episode I'd be lost. So now I realize you do have to sit through that last commercial listen to that person voted out and actually know who voted for who. Cause otherwise they won't tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like this is like a pretty egregious case of that. And plus they just didn't show the votes last episode. Right. Like they, they haven't been on this season because they show the person arriving to edge of extinction instead of the final words. Right. It's yeah. So normally it's like, yeah, that's a good thing to like keep track of is who's voting for who but it's like this season in particular they're like clearly like fudging like they kind of don't want you to actually be paying attention to that because i don't know they want to keep the story very confusing and they're doing a good job of it (laughs) um but yeah so michelle because it's like yeah that changes the context of that conversation with kim so much because kim's talking to michelle as if michelle like voted with them and Michelle's like, oh, yeah, definitely, like, we all, like, are kind of in this together. But it's like, 
it feels like knowing that Michelle knew what was going on, it's like, well, is Michelle actually just like trying to keep Kim kind of in the dark about where Michelle is at? Like, yeah, it yeah. just changes so much. Because, like, usually they're able to figure out pretty quickly who all voted for who just based off the numbers. But, like, I mean, even, like, watching it last time, a lot of us were confused because we weren't sure. I mean, there was the there was the double vote, and then there was one less vote than people were expecting. So, and, like, a vote got, I mean, not double vote, vote got stolen, whatever. And so now, just, like, trying to work it out, I just can't tell if Kim is aware in that conversation that Michelle didn't vote with her in the first place. Right. But yeah, the show just wants us to think, uh, yeah, these are the tribal lines for this episode, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm always curious, like, as a viewer, you more or less usually can figure out who voted for who. But it seems like even after tribal, the contestants still don't exactly know always what was, uh, how it actually played out. Right. Because, what. Yeah, because it's like, um, yeah, obviously they don't say who voted for who, um, but then... Um, like if it's like a Jeff won't read all the votes, I guess is what I'm trying to get to is like, if, as long as it gets up to however amount needed to get someone out, he's going to like not read all those votes, but he will always read the non, like the votes for whoever doesn't go home, if that makes sense. Um, I mean, to use the Kagayan merge as an example, like after Jeff reads the votes and Sarah goes out, there's that moment of shock where Spencer and Tasha like are looking at the other people in their alliance and they're so confused and Cass has the look on her face. Uh and she just oh, like Cass. she's like, Yeah, it was me. <laughs> Cass a chance of winning this game. Uh it's 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 art. But uh so, so yeah, they like usually they figure it out pretty quickly and then sometimes it just doesn't happen, I guess, or they just don't show us. I just I don't know who knows what. I don't know who knows what on this season. Right. Very confusing. It's it's yeah, I feel like it's only recently become a problem in this season of like just like losing the thread of where everyone is at with each other. And this episode certainly did not help since it was literally just like Tony talking the entire time. So we, we know where Tony's at. We got that, but it's like everyone else just feels so like up in the air. It's weird. Yeah. I think it's like, I mean, I, the idea of edge of extinction is so interesting, but I think it takes up so much screen time that would otherwise be helpful to understand more of who's actually like still in the you know in the game but yes. i don't know i mean i love i love a parvity moment on edge so i'm not gonna complain <laughs> oh yeah we should talk about what is your experience with natalie anderson i'm so sad you only got one episode of her being in a game i know literally nothing about natalie except for that first episode um that's which heartbreaking i've come to realize <laughs> is a bad place to be but um, um i don't know i'm hopeful for her she's like she gets a lot of the screen time on i feel like she and parvati are reality stars in the sense that they know okay i have to get the camera on me i have <laughs> to do something to get that screen time otherwise what am i here for Whereas, mm-hmm. like, Yule, who I fell in love with, we haven't heard or seen from him or Ethan in episodes. Yeah, but right. Park and Natalie still manage. Maybe they're just getting the edit, but they're, they're still getting the screen time that you need. Yule's beautiful family came out to the edge of extinction, and we don't even hear a single thing about like, the lines. They're just, like, completely muted while Natalie talks to her baby niece who can't <laughs> hear, yeah. understand anything that she's saying. Right, yeah, um... That's so sad, though, that your only experience with Natalie Anderson is her going out first. Um, 
definitely should rectify that with San Juan del Sur. An absolute gay icon. Yes, she <laughs> and she is a, a reality TV veteran. She was on The Amazing Race with her twin sister, Nadia, before Survivor, so... Um, and they, they were both on Survivor, right? Yeah, yeah. They were. They have a very, very fun. I that season is an underrated classic. It's one of my favorites. Um, so highly wow, recommend it. Yes, they both have a great, great journey on that season. Um, so yeah. Uh, so we get to yeah, we get through Michelle and Kim talking to each other. Uh, anything else post tribal that stood out to us? I mean, night of Tony goes out and hunts that idol, you know. Uh, yeah, fun. <laughs> Tony without having an idol. Right, that's And then true. Nick comes up with him in a suit coat. I love the, like, where did you get this suit coat from? Who brings a suit coat? <laughs> Who decides you... that's my survivor wardrobe? <laughs> I, I love you... that. Oh, he's a lawyer. <laughs> I love this ongoing, because they mentioned the Nick, like, sneaking into frame like uh, like way earlier and th- but since then they've just kept adding shots of it happening without like making it a huge deal and i th- i th- it's hilarious to me every time now that they've like made it a thing <laughs> it just appears in frame mm-hmm. yeah that was uh yeah i don't know not a very exciting it's very shades of ben um if you're i assume you haven't watched ben season joseph at all no not yet yeah, it's very. Th- this is um, a good taste of how Ben's season ends up feeling for the last like f- three or four episodes of his season. Is let's watch a man go hunt for idols in the dark, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> and talk about I moved this tree and this rock and finally found it under this branch. Like it's just not not uh, thrilling television to me, at least. Some people seem to love it, so more power to him. Let's get into something very important and talk about island fashion. Joseph, in <laughs> yeah. your view of the seasons, have you have you latched on into any contestant outfit that like you're like that looks great because like it's it's just something I think about like uh, you haven't watched Sandra's first season yet, but her like she wears like this like Pajamas. orange <laughs> jumpsuit the entire season uh, and it looks ridiculous, but it's so so good. Um, have you had any like outfit that you've looked at and been like this is hilarious or great or anything like that? Some of the stuff they wear, I mean, I think the first thing comes, it's like Parv, obviously like, maybe it's just because I've seen the most seasons of Parvati at this point, but her bath, I'm, this is funny, her bathing suit choices are curious, I'm like, how do you decide, I think she went with like a cheetah print at one point, I was like, this is cute, but how did, why did you decide this one, Um, or uh, what was it, Um, um, what season was it with uh, Parvati and Sandra, um, Heroes versus Heroes villains. villains. Oh yeah, Heroes versus Villains. Sanchez in that like red blouse the entire time. I'm like, this doesn't mm-hmm. look particularly comfortable for uh, <laughs> an island. But I did love the fashion show moment. I think yeah. I think yeah. that was the highlight for me of this nonsensical episode. Yes. I loved Ben like trying to like in like be like, yeah, I would like, yeah, that's so great, Sarah. Like being weirdly like very <laughs> sincere with sarah about how much he loves her fashion choice it's like okay it's just a tarp like wrapped around kim i don't think sarah actually wants you to think it looks good at least i would hope my favorite moments from this were michelle flinging her jacket over her shoulder Mm. with like so much speed like it was so forceful i was worried for anyone standing behind her and then i loved that sophie had leaves in her glasses i didn't know what she was trying to do with that but it was like a visor or something she looks like a horse (laughs) <laughs> Sarah to me is, and I'm I'm currently watching uh 28 
her and Tony season. And she's, I just cannot pinpoint her personality. Like at first when she was doing the fashion show, I was like, this is a, again, another comedy sketch. But then it seemed like she was like very sincere about her like little island fashion looks. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, what? what is going on here? Top turned fashion designer. And yeah. she if it makes you feel better, she won an entire season, and I still think a lot of people don't know how to pinpoint her personality. <laughs> but I did um, love the looks. Like, when they did that, when the camera zoomed, and you got Michelle just sauntering down that makeshift runway, I was like, this is catnip for me. Oh, yeah. I was obsessed. <laughs> yeah, or they knew what they Sarah were doing. Comes out and she's just in, like, a fishnet, but it's, like, her designer shawl. And I was like, okay. Like, she gets it. Girl knows yeah. what she's doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel like uh, Michelle for sure has to know the effect she has on the gays. Uh, I think Kim is also aware of it. Um, I don't know how the other contestants feel about their uh, respective followings. I distinctly remember Sandra being asked in an interview about her gay fans, and she was like, she, I think that she was surprised to hear that she has gay fans in that moment, but I think since then, that was like, 10 years ago at this point uh that she's like very aware of it for sure parvati must know parvati must know that she has a huge gay following i don't know how she could live this life for the past 15 years without knowing the effect she has on gay men (laughs) right exactly um did you see that the cameo with michelle i don't know if you talked about this already though she didn't know what a twink was um, which only made me love her more. <laughs> exactly. I love a gay icon that doesn't know gay culture. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's the best kind. You don't want them to be, like, too, like, in the weeds with it, because then it gets, like, I don't know. You feel a little, like, self-conscious, like, oh, no, how much does she know about how horrible <laughs> gays can actually be? It's like, no, you want her, like, what this gay icon to be, kind of be at the distance where she doesn't have to experience the uh, less savory side of our culture. Yeah. She doesn't have to know anything about me. I just need to know everything about her. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, and we kind of blew past, um, I don't know if she, does Parvati wear her iconic Ugg boots in her Heroes vs. Villains, or does she only wear them in the promo shot? <laughs> she has them in Heroes vs. Villains. I forgot about that. Oh my god, the Ugg No, boots. yeah, there's an amazing, I have it saved on my phone, because it's a great reaction image of her just posing with her, like, beige bikini and then these Ugg boots. It's great. <laughs> Well, I want to know, like, sometimes they're in pants, sometimes they're not in pants, some challenges they're shirtless, some challenges they're in, like, tank tops. I'm like, how do you decide what to wear, and why did you pick that look? Exactly, yeah. My thought of it is that it depends on what's drying at the moment, because, like, sometimes... They have to only wear their pants while their underwear are drying, or they're only wearing their underwear while their pants are drying, or they're shirtless because their shirt's drying. I think it has a lot to do with the wetness, as we've discussed. That makes sense, yeah. And plus, we do know that they distribute the swimwear at certain points in the season. Sometimes they just don't do it at all, for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Interesting. Yeah, I, well, well, there was, like, one season where it was, like, a big deal that the men seemed to always be in their underwear instead of swimwear. Uh, was, was it Millennials versus Gen X, maybe? Yeah, was it was it recently. I'm not David, sure what season it was. David versus Goliath, something like that. One of the ridiculously titled ones. Um, well, can yeah, we talk about how Nick has chosen uh, boxers as his underwear <laughs> of choice? Yeah, not flattering. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean... Go, then just go with swimsuit at that point. Like, if you're not going to do the briefs and you're not going to give me what I want, then go swimsuit. Like, why a boxer? I don't right. like boxers. I can't 
I can't condone the boxer choice on any man, no matter the no matter the circumstance. Yeah, it's just not a not a good look. It's not very flattering. Um, but yeah, as we know, Nick is um very conservative in uh clothing wear clothing choice and um other aspects of his life. So <laughs> no surprise there. <laughs> right. Um. So yeah. Uh. Any other thoughts? Uh. Before I guess next would be the challenge, right? Is that what we go into? No. You. Uh. We. Oh, Edge. We yeah. We gotta we do ex- the extortion advantage. This yeah, was such we, a compelling scene. Uh, yeah. And I was so thrilled that we got to spend so much time watching it. Yeah, truly a monkey's paw of, um, like, yes, Natalie Anderson and Parvi Shallow have an interaction together on Where's at War. However, they are already voted out <laughs> of the season. Yeah, clearly uh, working together and sussing out who best to target uh, while neither, only one of them can survive. Right. Um, yeah. Were we surprised that they picked Tony after Parvati outright says, like, we need to pick someone who's very chaotic. It's like, who and then they cut be? to Tony. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I agree, though. Like the seat like this could have been interesting. I feel like watching Tony trying to get people to give him fire tokens. But it's like everyone was just immediately like, yes, here's a fire token. And that was the end of it. <laughs> I think this could have been interesting if ultimately he didn't. Right. This, yeah. Or like if he didn't win, or if he didn't get get to do it. But watching it, and then ultimately it has like no effect on anything. Basically, I just like don't understand why we had to see it. It feels like no one's keeping track of fire tokens in the first place. I would have absolutely not noticed if suddenly Parvati and Natalie had three fire tokens each. Like I, none of this mattered to me. Right. The fire tokens to me are confusing, and like we spent that whole a couple episodes. There's that whole journey of Michelle deciding if she should take the 50-50. And maybe that will come into play later on. But I've already forgotten about it until now. <laughs> so it's just like, I don't, I feel like half these, but all, the only thing I can hear in my head is just Natalie saying the word fire token. Like that's her catchphrase. <laughs> She's wow, the that's... only one obsessed with fire tokens. Great. Yes. And her, yeah. In her beautiful Natalie voice. I always hear the word fools in Natalie's voice. That's one of her catchphrases for me. She loves to say fools. The way she says Parvati is stuck in my head from, like, an interview she did five years ago. <laughs> well, she also talked about it in this season's pregame because she was mad at all the white people for pronouncing it not correctly because it is an Indian name, and she wanted to make sure she was pronouncing it correctly. So, yeah, that, that was a whole pregame journey. <laughs> um, we got a canonization of Evil Donathan Vampire, which uh, was thrilling for me. <laughs> I've never heard that exact phrase. I I guess I wasn't paying enough attention to Nick's social media journey back then. Um, was this a thing you were aware of? No, but I think it's hilarious. Uh, and I I do I he it seemed like he was offended by it, but I think that Donathan is a handsome man, and all yeah. vampires are always attractive, and that's sort of what they were trying to tell him. I guess the evil part, you know, is well, yeah, up for uh, his own debate, but you know. Right. Joseph, uh, do you know of this Jonathan of which we speak? Um, he's probably. I, I know think, the Jonathan of like. It's the same uh, like Cook Island. Jonathan is no. a different one. Excuse me. His name is Jonathan with a D. Like. Oh, <laughs> yes. This is okay. So yeah, Jonathan was a uh, contestant uh, on Ghost Island. Yes. Um, which is season thirty-six, which is the season Wendell one. Jonathan is also from Kentucky, like Nick. Um, they do look kind of similar, I guess. Except I don't think Jonathan ever had facial hair at all. 
Um, I think they're mainly just Southern and played at a similar time. <laughs> right. Maybe Dick's I feel mad. Like you could sum up most of the contestants as they're mainly just Southern. Like it's right. clear that, uh, <laughs> That's very true. But Jonathan was Southern and gay, which was fun. Oh, that's a good combo. Yeah, he was fun. I liked him. Yeah, me too. Horrible season, but he was fun. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so uh, let's see. Yeah, I did so, love the moment of Tony reading the note and like he's so excited. He's so happy for yeah. all of it until the um, end. Until he finally understands that it's against him. It, I mean, it brought me back to Chrissy reading the final advantage in Heroes Hustlers where she's like, they have to cut away because she clearly is like <laughs> shouting swear words or something. They like have to go to a different confessional because she like understands what's going on. Uh, but like Tony reads this note He's like, the first word I read is extortion. This is great. Uh, and he's like, just like, it goes down the entire thing before understanding he has to find three extra fire tokens. I have to say, given that this is like a Tony episode, I cannot believe he's a cop. Like, the, his chaos and the way in which he's like so excited about extortion. I was like, I would never want to, to have to run into Tony Cop. Uh, yeah, I don't. After seeing him on Survivor. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a strange image to conjure up. I don't know how would you interact with this person if he came at you in a certain way. Who knows? I, I mean, the only person who knows is Michelle, who immediately bluffed him and yeah, he hell yeah. believed it on the spot. Queen reminds me of this uh, recent Fiona Apple interview where she talked about an encounter with a cop and uh, talking about hiding some uh, weed in an apple or something. <laughs> Yes. Um, didn't take long for me to bring up Fiona Apple in this episode. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but So, yeah, Michelle lies straight to his face and he buys it hook, line, and sinker because it's not really that much of a lie, I guess. It still is kind of the truth. She just didn't say the right advantage. So, but whatever. We still I like the lie, though. It's very innocuous that, like, she has an advantage that'll come into play if she's voted out. Right. Yeah, yeah that she, was... she slipped right into that, which it felt very natural for her. Love that. Yes. Um, and I would believe anything Michelle said anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And then so let's see. Can we run down who all gives Tony a token? It's uh, Jeremy, Ben, Nick. Is that it? I think so. Yeah. Which I don't know. Maybe they talk about it in their confessional. But I feel like if someone comes up to you and is like, "Hey, if you don't give me a fire token right now, I won't be able to get immunity this week." I feel like that should be like, obviously you can't say that in the moment. Like, mm, let me think about it. But I feel like you should immediate. Your thought should not be, "Well, hurt, sure, here you go." It should be, um, "Wait, so you won't be immune this week?" Hmm, that's a an interesting proposition. I don't know. It's weird to me that no one seemed to like really consider what they could do in this situation but the thing well, is it looks that like ben wasn't it looks like ben wasn't fully excited about it but we didn't get enough time to figure out what swayed him to go for it yeah right and also like this is i mean this is a great point in the game for tony to have had to do this because both sides of the camp need his vote or think they have his vote and so if he isn't able to vote then like right. that's the issue and so like he is able to do this because it's like supposedly a 5-4 time that's, in the game yeah um yeah i guess yeah I, 
forget about that. Like that, there's that incentive for them to like keep him in if he's a vote they need. But it's just, yeah, it was just weird that we didn't get anything from anyone else but Tony to hear what their thoughts were on any of this. And then it just didn't matter because like there was no big moment of like him handing the tokens to Jeff or anything like that. He just like showed it to the camera. I was like, here I have the six. Like and that was it. It was a, it was a, it was kind of like a very transactional. He was like, "This is officially me paying for the extortion twist." Like, I guess he ha- was told he had to say that at some point, but it was very funny. Yeah, that this should have been something that unnatural. Like, yeah, it should have been like at, like at the challenge or something. He had to like give it to Jeff to be like, "Here, now I can be in this challenge now that I paid it." Just so everyone is like, I don't know. I agree. Felt, uh, from it, a television like, standpoint, it just was boring to watch. From a television standpoint, I agree, and like we talked about that here in my bunker, that like it would have like it didn't make it didn't make sense that it just ended like that, and like he probably should have had to give it to Jeff. But from like a game standpoint, I think that it's I'm like fine with it as like a level of secrecy that he's able to hold on to that like he didn't have to do it in front of all the other contestants. That's true. Right. Um, so, uh, do we want to get into this challenge at all? Yeah. Joseph, are you also like me who, um, this is a great time to, like, check Twitter is when the challenges Twitter are challenges. happening? Yeah. This challenge, yes, in, indeed, most of the challenges, I like the more, like, if it's very physical, it's enjoyable. There's, like, not that I've ever been a sports person, but I need a little bit of competition in my life at all times, and so in, in these, uh, quarantine days, a good survivor challenge can give me that, like endorphin but um not this one this one was boring <laughs> yeah agreed yes balancing these pawns like they weren't even exciting like shapes <laughs> like sometimes they're like these like oh. very um like intricate like statues of like figures or something but this was just like a pawn like a giant chess piece <laughs> i also was having a hard time visualizing what the like the challenge aspect of it was like I understood that they like the statues were precariously on the thing, but it's like I just like they were trying to get it positioned and they would knock it off. I I was just like I didn't understand what which way they were trying to balance it up against the post. It was hard to look at. <laughs> it was well, tough to look. at. And at the end, it was clear like who who did it come down to? It was like Jeremy, and Tony. Uh, Tony, and Ben. ben? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Ben and Jeremy fell off like immediately and it looked like they were like physically like dehydrated or exhausted. Like they, re- it was really like arduous. I wanted more of that. Like, it, like I wanted to yeah. follow up on like why they like, cause after Ben fell off, he like kind of crumbled to the ground. I was like, that's the drama. Give me more of that. Like, what is that? <laughs> right. Yeah. There's a good crumpling scene in his uh, winning season <laughs> of someone just like collapsing to the floor- ground. It's not the floor when you're outside. Um, yeah, this was, I, even the contestants were, like, uh, very shocked when this happened. Like, Denise even was like, whoa, which I love hearing from Denise, even if it is just a whoa. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, I mean, since we're on Denise, it is, I, I'm, it is tough to not go to Denise all the time. Denise and Cam <laughs> are really getting the short end of the stick this season, and it really is sad to see. It is very upsetting. Well, Denise was interesting because she had that big, iconic Sandra blindside. And then mm-hmm. it felt like that was going to be a target on her back. And now she's kind of slipped back into that, like, um, you know, cover. So I don't know. She she fascinates me, but I kind of want to see more. I feel like we haven't gotten enough. Yeah, yeah. she's tiny and amazing. Yes, we love her. Although her scene with her daughter, that to me was the, the most, like, 
tearful um, reunion of last week's episode. It was good. Yeah, that was a good one. We loved Denise. I love, yeah, because I love her daughter was like, I can't just text her when I need anything. And she's like, just (laughs) text me, I'll get it later. (laughs) (laughs) So cute. I love that. Yeah. And I talked about it uh, for that episode. But yeah, and then it looks like to me, Denise's daughter loves Michelle because she went right to her when everyone was like set free. So who knows? (laughs) She might be one of the girls. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Yeah, so Tony wins again. Um, I'm hoping this, uh, fingers crossed, maybe if someone will finally target him after he's suddenly winning these challenges. <laughs> and, like, yeah. Um, yeah, to go so. from zero challenge, or, yeah, from zero challenge wins to two in a row must, I mean, obviously we don't see everything. Obviously people are throwing his name out there, but they're not showing it to us. But, like, to have it make sense, canonically and as a story like ho- like ne- we do see it kim is targeting tony next week and sarah's pissed at him so hopefully this like leads to some challenge for him to overcome right yeah it's not very exciting when it's like just everything is going tony's way and no one seems to be trying to even stop it except for kim <laughs> um yeah and how do we feel about the design of this necklace i don't know if we've talked about it yet oh it's yeah it it's um, not my favorite. It's a little bit like uh, like um, a hook on a fishing line, you know. Mm, um, I like yeah. a big, solid necklace. Oh, MG, yeah. San Juan, Don, San Juan del Sur has this amazing, chunky, like gigantic pieces of like green something or other. It's amazing. Yes, that is the season of chunky jewelry. <laughs> you would we that we be Sarah's next fashion line, chunky jewelry. <laughs> That is the fashion line of a lot of Survivor contestants. Yeah. Uh, there, I would say, we were we spent some we spent some time talking about thinking that there were going to be fire tokens on the immunity necklaces and the immunity idols, and then nothing came from that, uh, which is just something I'm thinking about now that I'm looking at the immunity necklace, which I almost never do. Right, it's like this oh, like beaded sort of macrame moment kind of thing. Yeah, it's not one of the more exciting ones. It's definitely not a sword, which is far and away the best one they've ever had <laughs> um so yeah so tony has immunity and then we get into yet more tony confessionals about this vote because for whatever reason we just don't need to know what everyone else is thinking in this moment well it was, yeah it was truly a uh, heavy tony episode although i did appreciate um him and jeremy their little scene together mm-hmm. are you just trying to um, save jeremy <laughs> We try to save Jeremy, and he just kept kept on calling him a kid. He's like, "Kid, yeah. you gotta trust me." <laughs> I, I initially, I also was very. I mean, I still don't like that they gave Tony so much screen time at the cost of everyone else. But they sort of back it up in the edit of Tribal, where every contestant is like, "Yeah, it was a slow day. We just decided what was going on, and then like we just stopped." And so like. But then Tony did make a new plan and, like, have to put that together. And, like, he really was the one who put it all together. And he was the guy who both won immunity and did the extortion advantage. So I get why they, like, had to show him. So And he found the idol, too. So, like, it's it was a long... It's one round of the game where he did do so many things that they, like, have to show. So I get it, but I don't like it. <laughs> Right. We didn't need him breaking uh, the confessional 
record for a single episode beating out even the two hour finales <laughs> like yeah. he had less time to break a record that people have only achieved in finale episodes one of them being angelina and she should not ever have a record broken by anyone else because she deserves to have all of the records when she comes back on uh second chance to she'll have a confessional about how men have the most confessionals and then in that finale she'll have 19 confessionals good we love it (laughs) the edit she deserves um so yeah and so uh any thoughts on this move for tony i think it makes sense Mm -hmm. it's right i mean it's it's he is that type of uh very you know aggressive player so i think it i think it shakes it up where it needs to um it's sad to see that Sophie was the victim of his scheming, but I think it made the I think he made the right move for his game at least. Although I don't really care about his game. Right. <laughs> right there with you. Yeah, I think this is a good move because I feel like obviously this would be bad if he like didn't have other connections going on with this other group of four that voted a different way, but it still feels like he's like is Sarah just not gonna ever work with him again? It's, I don't know. It's like to me it didn't seem like, he put himself in a horrible position by doing this. No, especially because he's, like, if, t- I mean, I know that Jeremy was trying to say that Ben is the biggest threat, but, like, if Jeremy goes out, Tony is, becomes one of two people who people are probably, like, thinking about as, like, the hugest target out there. And Jeremy has, like, a sizable target, too. So, like, he, if he wants to keep these lions or meat shields or whatever you want to call them around, like, he had to do this to take out a hyena uh in order to save someone who people could target over him right yeah it made sense but agreed it should not have happened because sophie <laughs> sophie we didn't want to lose sophie and we didn't want to lose yet another woman with an idol in her pocket which is becoming a very sad pattern in recent yeah. among many Hashtag. other sad patterns yeah this is yeah uh i don't know if you knew this joseph but like for a long time like women just like were way down in the numbers in terms of finding idols and like only recently has it kind of started to increase but it's also we've seen a lot of women go out with those idols in their pockets in recent seasons so it's uh been a very double-edged sword where one edge is much sharper more painful than the other (laughs) yeah it's unfortunate oh sophie hopefully Hopefully we'll get a few good edge uh, confessionals from her coming up at least. Yeah, yes. I would love it if we got some stuff of her and Yule, if that could pay off. Uh, and also, when she arrived, Parvati immediately get, was the first person standing up, giving her a hug, because they were friends in New York for a long time. And I think now they both live in L.A., so maybe they're still friends. Uh, and I just, I, I just want... I mean, now... I mean, I've been, I've been railing at the edge of extinction this entire time. <laughs> Right. I mean, like, I do love Sophie, and I would no, but no, because if this was a normal game, she would have Ponderosa content, which I like so much more. So I'm not even <laughs> going to continue with my thought process. Do you what? Do you know about Ponderosa, Joseph? I do not. Ponderosa is a web series that happens on most seasons of the show about the jury and what they do, like while they're waiting for tribal councils in their day to day life. And it yeah. is almost always so much better than the show because everyone's just like having fun and eating a bunch of food. Uh, and so I, it, to Edge of Extinction seasons take away Ponderosa and they take away exit interviews. Um, two of two aspects of the show that I really like. Yeah, Ponderosa is the name of the like 
place they stay when they're voted out. And I agree, it's like maybe not as dramatic, even though there is some great drama that goes on in those. Um, um, but yeah, I agree. I miss seeing these contestants like walk up like skin and bones to these like people waiting with open arms, like probably having had like three drinks already before the person showed up and like, hey, like, yeah, yeah I miss and that it- too. It's great to watch them deal with their loss in a way that they know that there's no chance of them getting back in. It's mm-hmm. I love I love watching them weigh themselves and finding out how much weight they lost and then like just the happiness of the community of the jury lifting their spirits in that just like they just don't have in this in this kind of game. Yeah. Tough stuff. Too bad. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, the um, edges uh it, it looks sad. I mean, like, I mean, it's interesting. I don't know. I, I, I appreciate that we get some of those icons. We still get to see more of them, but I, I can't imagine their days are fun literally just being on this boring island with nothing to do. I didn't really, like, what, what they had this, like, what was it, the opener of this episode where it was, like, Tyson being, like, some winners can't handle it. Like, it takes years for some winners to process their loss, and then it's, like, Adam next yeah. to the uh, the, yeah. the ship the wrecked ship uh um, whatever that means i thought he was like i thought <laughs> that what that scene was leading to was adam pulling the flag or something but that just didn't happen it was weird that didn't happen mm-hmm. that scene was so random to me it was such like why 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 the pot shot at adam out of nowhere <laughs> he's already tyson gone. was talking to wendell yeah he was like you're strong you can handle it i mean but i don't know adam it's gonna be tough and then like no follow-up that we're just like supposed to understand that that's true <laughs> <laughs> poor adam just taking a beating in this season no <laughs> terrible yeah and i agree yeah it's just not I don't know. It has to suck because you know, you, like the stuff that's going on on Edge is not going to be the focus of an episode ever. Like you're not the really the main characters anymore. It's just, I don't know. It seems really depressing, and you don't get to drink alcohol and eat like massive greasy food like you do in Ponderosa. So I don't. I think Sandra, as we always say, made the right choice. <laughs> she knew what she was yeah. doing, and now she gets to go on a one-person vacation in, to Australia. I think is where they go for the Fiji seasons, so. But I, but, like, she won't have to, she's been on Ponderosa, at Ponderosa for this entire time, because she won't have to go anywhere until day 36 or 37 when they play the Edge of, when they play the final challenge for Edge of Extinction. So, like, she, she's just been, she's, I'm sure she's eating a hamburger every day, uh, <laughs> and she's living large and loving her life as the mayor and only resident of Ponderosa. <laughs> exactly. Love that for her. The queen stays queen. Um, so uh, let's see. Uh, tribal, how did we feel? Were we happy that there was no whispering? Because I certainly was. <laughs> oh, I like the whispering. Um, I'm kind of, I mean, I don't know. I think it's, I don't know. I like when they're like scheming right in front and then Jeff asks or pretends to be surprised. as if they don't tell them everything that goes on at camp no yeah maybe it's maybe it's more novel to you or something but i don't know to us it's like kind of overstated it's welcome at this point at least for me it's like it was exciting that one time it happened in game changers for the first time and then after that it's like i don't know it seems to only happen when the players want it to seem chaotic to the audience the the thing about it to me is that i just like we don't know what they're saying so like it's not there's we don't get the follow up like the, we don't understand we can't follow the story because we can't hear them right and so it's like 
this I just don't I have no idea what's going on and then I'm just like surprised when someone goes home which I don't really care that much about <laughs> right that's fair I care more about the story than the shock mm-hmm we're very uh yeah we, we've talked about our brothers or our problems with Game of Thrones in that regard so <laughs> we don't need to get into that. oh yes oh. <laughs> although I did like um I liked uh after uh Sophie uh got the unfortunate news that she was leaving. I liked her, like, I don't know how to do this. Like, yeah. <laughs> that I've was never, so I've good. never lost before. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> great humble brag. Like, OMG, I've never been voted out before. This is so new to me. That was great. <laughs> Love, Sophie. You could so- see the shock on her face. I just saw this morning on Reddit, uh, someone posted the, like, close-up on her eyes, uh, like, when the vote started being read versus, like, the final vote. Her pupils are, like two times as big as they were in at the oh. start like you can just like there's so many things about that moment where you just can read that she's had no idea what was going on oh, sad and it was a plurality instead of a majority so it's just yeah tough to see sophie pour one out for sophie oh, the, with the idol in her crotch unfortunate yeah hate when that happens <laughs> um so yeah any let's see or do we want to start looking forward to the next episode? How do we think this fallout is going to affect everyone? Well, I hope Tony gets a bigger target on his back. Right. <laughs> no, that won't happen. But maybe Kim can work her magic and dethrone Tony as the as the lion. Yeah, we do see that Sarah is like outraged that this happened. Uh, it's it, like. And it makes sense because, like, we've been shown that she's very close to Sophie. So I'm glad that she's taking it out on Tony. And then we also see that Kim starts to target Tony as well. So hopefully this is the turnaround where people start seeing him uh, as a, as the threat that we thought that they were going to start off the season seeing him as. Right. Yeah. It'll be interesting because obviously we don't get to hear exit interviews about where people's heads were at. So I think this season will be very interesting to see what people were actually thinking, especially Sophie, I'm really excited to hear her thought process about like how this whole post-merge has shaken out for everyone. Um, so yeah, and then Sophie gives her tokens to, was it Sarah? And who was the other one? Uh, and I think that one. I think it was yeah. Sarah and Kim. Sarah and Kim. That makes sense. Um, so that's exciting for them. I'm still waiting for Michelle to get more tokens. <laughs> like, I'm sad <laughs> that she can't keep accruing them like she was. And she apparently just got her six and that was it. And she has a 50-50. Um, yeah. Right. It's waiting for that point. to come up. <laughs> I, I forgot that that was a thing until this episode. Right. Yeah. Is, it'll be... it, is this the first time they've done a 50-50? Yeah, this is the first time we're seeing this. I don't think there's ever even been, like, an equivalent of this idea of, like, sometimes it's immunity, sometimes it's not. Um, yeah, so this is new to us. They've never introduced a giant wooden coin like that, <laughs> <laughs> at least in this regard. Um, so, yeah. I am, I am glad that our middle school queens, Sophie, Denise, and Kim, all voted together for once. Uh, it's something I've been looking forward yeah. to as a gay survivor fan for you know, six years since I got into the show. So to see it finally happen was, you know, good for me, but I am still, I'm I, I'm heartbroken the way it shook down. Even They were in the majority together. It was what I had wanted from the moment this season was announced. And then one of them had to go. 
Right, yeah. Joseph, if you don't know, those three, Sophie, Kim, and Denise, the way they won the game in order, like, they won those. Uh, ah. 20, it's 23, 24, 25, they won in a row. So, yeah, they're, like, our holy trinity because, you know, apparently women are not allowed to win more than three seasons in a row, but men can win, who knows, probably an infinite yeah. amount in a row for the foreseeable future. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, hate to see it. Uh <laughs> So, uh, any other final thoughts on the episode, or do you want to move on into Edgic? I'm good on final thoughts. Yeah, Sam, nothing else from you? Yeah, okay, so at this point we like to give plugs because Edgic is um, a very controversial subject among Survivor fans, so some people just don't want to hear it because they think it's like, delves into, like, spoiler territory because you're not talking about the game, you're talking about things outside of the game, so we like to give our uh, like plugs here, and then we'll plug at the end of the episode, too. So, um, Joseph, do you want to tell our listeners where they could find you? Yes, um, you can find me on Twitter a little too often at uh, <laughs> josephlongo underscore. Um, and then you can find me at uh, Mel Magazine um, talking about uh, queer stuff, pop culture, the usual. Check out the uh, Survivor uh, queer fan base article. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. You can find me being loud online, is how I like to describe it. <laughs> Did you discover the TikToks of the Barb family, or were you given that information? I uh, I believe I discovered it. I don't want to <laughs> not give someone credit, but I think I might have discovered it. Um, but yeah, I spend a lot of time on TikTok, because um, that's where the best content is and where the teens are. And I love mm. content and teens. Um, but yes, I found the Barb. The Barbs are everywhere. Um, these days. I think I'm low-key becoming a Barb, which was not what my 2020 journey was. Mm, but, I love that uh, journey for you, yes. Yeah, yeah check just... out that article too. Family of Barbs is what's keeping quarantine. I fun. love the Family of Barbs. I've been very into TikTok since quarantine started. Uh, I, you know, I, lo- I loved the TikToks I was sent before quarantine, but in quarantine I've downloaded the app and, you know, I can spend hours on there. Just like... And it's a time stock. I know, because I, especially because they don't show you the time on your phone while you're looking at it. So you can look down and look up, and it's like 20 minutes later, and it, you know, it, it, it is a, it's a waste of time, but you enjoy it. Wow. Have, yeah. Has, I, uh, have they figured out your algorithm yet? Yeah, they know I'm gay. Was, they know I'm gay. Yeah, they, got your, <laughs> they know you're gay. Yeah. And I hate when they get specific, because, like, I've been back in Chicago long enough that they know that I'm a Chicago gay again. Not oh, in New York. So is there a lot of um, a lot more drama than now that you're <laughs> Chicago gay to them? Um, it's a lot more <laughs> suburban content. A lot more like like about fish. Like for some reason, I've seen a lot of fish content recently, and I'm like, why? I don't care about lakes. Don't give yeah. me the like. Oh, thank you. Like Michigan, I'm a river guy. Chicago loves Lake Michigan, right? That's their whole idea. That's funny. Well, I've I've not downloaded TikTok yet, so. I'm still holding on to my millennial card with all I can until I slowly slip into Gen Z cusp territory. Uh, You'll get to clean up. And the TikToks are all over uh, Twitter now. So. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. yeah I, I've seen this Fair family now. Barb's, I think, right? It's that family like where they... Uh, I saw the Megatron challenge that they did because, as we all know, Megatron deserved better and should have been streamed <laughs> more, so... Uh, but yeah, Sam, do you want to give your plug? Yeah, I'm at Sam Stanish everywhere, spelled Spanish, but with a T instead of a P, Sam Stanish. 
Uh, I have another podcast called Word on the Straits that me and my best friend do all about straight culture. We normally have a guest on and we talk about uh, what, I mean, me, either the me and Joe come up with it or the guest comes up with a topic and we just discuss. We've started doing them on Instagram Live because we're bored. Uh, and <laughs> Oh, also, now, uh, when this comes out, we will have just done a recap of Survivor Maryland, the Terrapin Trials finale. Me and Derek yes. are joining a live stream on Sunday, this past Sunday, uh, to talk with Austin and Lita, who will eventually be guests on this podcast. Yes. Um, Joseph, once you finish watching all of regular Survivor, little did you know, you also need to start watching these fan-made versions. Um, I've heard. Yeah, especially I don't Survivor. Know, I haven't gotten into it yet, but it's, uh, it seems like just the type of thing. I love a, I love a uh, fan spinoff. Oh, for How sure. How long has it been going on? Sur well, Survivor Maryland is like the main one and like the first one that really took off. And I think that those seasons like were filmed in 20, like it started in 2013, 2014, maybe. And so since then, they've released six seasons of the show on YouTube. But on the campus, they're on season like 16 because it's just like so much easier to play than put together as a film product. Right. So there's like a whole slew of uh, gay icons that we don't even know about yet. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they are genuinely such good seasons of Survivor, and I absolutely swear by them. Yeah, can confirm. Like, I was kind of trepidatious because I was just like, uh, I don't know how like close you can get to actual Survivor if you're not like doing the real like like you're not on an island for 39 days but yeah like a specific especially this season terrapin trials which is season three i think it's my first encounter and it has been exciting more exciting than i would say like i could list off a, quite a few handfuls of survivor seasons that this is more exciting than um just in terms of characters and like gameplay has been okay uh, gameplay has been me. way better than i was expecting from like a lot of like a lot of them seem like they aren't super familiar with survivor but like yeah Whew, I'm very excited to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Did you finish? Uh, have you finished the? Have you I watched the finale? Just have. I just got done with the final six. I want to say I have a, an episode and then the finale to watch. So the end game of Terrapin Trials is Ooh. unbeatable. Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> very good. Um, but yeah, and, so people can find me yeah. at uh, Reindeerix, like like reindeer, but E K S at the end uh, on Twitter. Um, and I, as I've always said, my Instagram, I'm trying to get it to be better. It's dbrinding101, but, um, this point it's still a pretty barren wasteland where I just throw song suggestions in my stories, and that's about all I do on Instagram, so, yeah. <laughs> the, in the Instagram update is my favorite ongoing plotline of the Bitter Jurors podcast. <laughs> it's, that's good because it just hasn't changed. It's still bad, so, but I'm thinking about making it better, so I think that counts. <laughs> that's the first step. <laughs> thinking about it yeah okay so let's talk about edric uh joseph i know we talked about this a little bit before the podcast started but normally at the beginning of this segment we ask our guests what their thoughts on edric are and could you explain your, what you think about edric yeah. this is the types of edits right yeah. yeah okay so yeah um i guess we should like so you just aren't because you have watched like how many seasons would you say like five four yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, so Edgic, we're about to get really deep in the Survivor fandom woods, so prepare yourself. Um, so Edgic is a combination of Edit plus Logic, 
And this system has been devised since, I want to say, at least, like, I mean, season one, it was kind of in its infancy. But even since season one, people have been looking at the edit to tell them who the winner of the season is. Regardless of anything that's going on in the game, we are looking solely at why are they showing us this content from this player? Why are they not showing us this content from this player? All of this we use to suss out who we think is going to win this game. And it's... Based on not necessarily like, oh, who's the nicest or who's the most likable. It's more like who fits into a pattern of editing that we've seen in previous seasons. Um, so, yeah, that's basically a rundown of Edgic. Um, there's like a whole like other segment where like where you give people ratings like the uh, if you can do your own Googling because it can it's get pretty. Well. Yes, I'll look into very, it. Very intense. But um, we just like to keep it simple where we just talk about how we are feeling about the story of the season and where we think these like characters are going in that story. So we won't get too like crazy with all that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully well, not too insane. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, so I have two I have uh, two possible outcomes is how I kind of see it from the edit perspective is we're getting a lot of Natalie throughout the edge and Parvati. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think hopefully, especially because Parvati's been involved now in both the Michelle fire token situation and now this one with Tony. So I mm-hmm. think one of those two may be the one that comes back. If anyone still comes back from the edge, mm-hmm. um, I see a pack for them still as relevant. Um, otherwise of the contestants that are still in the competition, I think, and I think Tony is a little bit of a Trojan horse. We're going to get a lot of him right now, and then he's going to kind of, you know, tail out to a certain extent. But Michelle, I thought this about Sophie, and then she went away, so maybe I don't know anything. But, like, (laughs) Michelle seems uh, to be getting a lot of screen time and a lot of narration. She's doing Mm -hmm. a lot of the the recaps or, you know, filling in a lot of the missing uh, moments. So I'm, I mean, again, maybe I'm just too, um, I'm obsessed with my gay icons and I'm being blind. (laughs) It seems like she has a good shot at it. And then if anyone on the edge, it's got to be Natalie or Parvati at this moment. Right. Um, Well, if it makes you feel better, Sophie was also like super high for us for the longest time. And I am always getting blinded by my (laughs) uh, love for the women. And I (laughs) will staunchly declare, no, this is finally the season where a woman wins again until we get to the finale. (laughs) But yeah, um, I think that's a good read on Natalie and Parvati. Like, I agree. I think those two are kind of coming back into the spotlight because like Natalie faded away just so we could get more Tyson, it felt like. But I feel like now Natalie's kind of coming back forward. So I agree. Those two are probably good bets if it's anyone coming back that's already there. Um, And then it's like, I don't know who among... Like, it's hard to gauge. It's like, oh, well, maybe the returnee is someone who gets voted off, like, later. But it's, like, hard to tell whose story Mm -hmm. is heading in that direction. Like, that's just a hard thing to read. But I think this was a pretty... um, solid case for tony winning this episode (laughs) like yeah um yeah i like last week was a great episode for him i thought and then this episode was just like even more great for him and um but i love this idea of a trojan horse like we've seen that edit before i think people would call it like a decoy edit is what um like the edge community would refer to that as and i would love for that to happen with tony because yeah i don't know i just need another woman to win (laughs) Yeah, we're all 
hoping and praying and wishing for another woman to win. And, you know, if season 41 ever happens and they're <laughs> able to film it, I'll be wishing for it then. But I, I'm pretty resigned to the Tony win. And I think that the next, like, three episodes are basically just going to be coronation stuff. And, like, Tony's going to be everywhere and just getting great stuff back to back to back, basically. <laughs> Which is, uh, you know... It's, it's dire. It's fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, we'll see no, what happens. Right. No, yeah. I was telling Sam that I've, uh, I've like, tried to soften the blow on myself a little by being like, well, at least it's another Virgo win, which is always fun for me. Like, you know, although I would prefer Parvati win of the two Virgos that are on the season. But, you oh, know. Of course Parvati's a Virgo. I did not realize. That makes <laughs> so much sense. You don't have a running list of the Zodiac signs of every Survivor winner? <laughs> really weird my game thought that i don't know my uh zodiacs as well as i should but i'm also an aquarius and it's very aquarian to not be caught up <laughs> there you go <laughs> no yeah i think what's the most winningest sign is it still capricorn i think so i think so it, it like dominate like a vast like a lot of capricorns have one survivor weirdly um but yeah, so, yeah, I agree with Sam. I could see that path, but I also like this idea of a Trojan horse. But I think either way, we're still going to be getting lots of Tony. Um, my fear is uh, something, like, I can visualize so easily just because this has become, like, a thing, especially in recent seasons, where it's like we're going to get to the finale, and I can just see it being like, oh, wait, maybe it's Michelle, guys. Like, maybe it'll be... Like, I feel like that's going to be an episode where they really want us to think it's going to be Michelle until we get to the end. And then it's just kidding. It's Tony. Like you thought it was going to be like, that's kind of an editing pattern that's been going on recently. It's I, very upsetting. <laughs> I can see that happen, but I mean, I'm excited if, if, you know, if the fi if the two hour episode before the finale is just like a Michelle love episode, I'm here. I'll watch yeah. that. I'm excited I mean, for that. Yeah. Uh, I like I I've been saying that I don't think Michelle's edit will provide her the win for a long time, but like it doesn't mean I don't love her and love everything we get from her. And so like if I, I love all the positive stuff we're getting from Michelle, and I hope we get a lot more before the season ends. Agreed. Yeah, that's the other um, silver lining to this, I guess. Um, yeah, so sadly, this I feel like this is not a very uh, meaty edgic section because it's just so Tony-centric. It's like, how do you talk about anything else going on with anyone? I mean, Kim has interesting stuff this episode where she's kind of like being set up as biggest opposition to Tony at this point. And it's interesting that like something I did notice just like to take note of, it's like this beginning of the episode, it was like Tony was like kept saying Jeremy's name a lot. Like he really wanted Jeremy to go. And then we get to the end, like, just before Tribal, and suddenly Jeremy doesn't want, or Tony doesn't want Jeremy to go. I thought that was, like, a weird moment for his edit. Right, which, that's something to look for, I guess, with the winner's edit, is, like, consistency. And so, um, that was, that stood out to me, like, re-watching the episode. I was like, he's really, like, talking about keeping Jeremy alive, which is weird, because he ends up, or he keeps talking about wanting to vote Jeremy out, and then he keeps Jeremy that was something to know. And then I think Kim does a good job of like contradicting Tony's read on stuff at one point, which is something she's done before in the season two. So I don't know where that story's going. I, uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm just like grasping at straws. It's like, maybe it's Kim, even though she had a really horrible pre-merge. <laughs> Who knows? We can hope. Who knows? Right. Yeah. Um, so any other edgy thoughts? Obviously there's really 
not much to talk about because it's no, I mean, Tony it's, all the way down. It's sort of just Tony a bunch. Uh, I could go through specific notes that I took on Tony's edit in this episode. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, yeah, on like the good things that they showed from him and like just like the in passing, just like him being declared the best player, whatever. Like it. Yeah, like we talked about in a group chat, like uh, yeah. like at Tribal, a, Sarah's literally like, if you pull off a great blindside, blind you become the greatest ever. And it's like, okay, we're talking about Tony. We get it. <laughs> we yeah, get it. Happens. So, <laughs> Sarah, Sarah says, Sarah says that thing, and then she's like, if hey, if you make a move and it's a total blindside, then you're the best player ever. And Jeff says, let's go to the vote, and then they immediately show Tony pull off this like masterful vote. So it's just like all stuff that's. Yep. <laughs> it's, Coronation, it's Tony. It's Tony. Right. Uh, hate to see it. Um, well, uh, are those our concluding thoughts on Edgic? Um, usually we do talk about Drag Race, but um, I'm getting reports that not everyone has watched the uh, like three and a half hour block of television that was prescribed to us as a gay community <laughs> last we- night. At this point, you don't even need to watch. You can just catch up on people's tweets and piece together. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was so, a good... I will say it was a great Jada Essence Hall episode, which is everything I need from an episode of television. But then Celebrity Drag Race was boring, and uh, Untucked was not interesting at all. So not worth that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm going to tune in to just see how they handled the clear uh, sherry pie um, snafu um, at the end here. But it's the season... Talk about a season that has been edited kind of wonky to make up for uh, that big hole. So we'll right. see. Yes. Yeah. Um, fortunately, yeah, it's nice that they are really like dedicated to editing her out. Like I just keep forgetting she's exactly. even on the show, which is ideal. <laughs> um, and it'll, it will be interesting to see how they handle this given our quarantine situation. Like, do we think they're going to, hopefully this is their excuse to finally get away from lip syncing for the crown, which is not something I've been a fan of. So, yeah, but I well, don't know. I wonder what... if, yeah, you're right. Cause it has, to, yeah. I wonder if they've already, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Even survivor. It seems like they're not entirely sure what the, um, now right. going to look like. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for Jeff to read the votes over Zoom. Yeah. Oh God, that's gonna be so awkward. OMG. Yeah, I'm very excited for this. This is gonna be great. <laughs> great, campy, cringy reality TV mess, which we all. They'll love. dial Sia in. It'll be great. Yes. Uh, do you know the legend of Sia, Joseph? In terms of Survivor. She, Sia, the singer of Chandelier, Sia, is great friends with Jeff Probst, apparently. And she, uh, one season, literally in the middle of the reunion, she walked up on stage um, in full Sia garb and is like, hey, um, I really loved this contestant who was on this season, um, and I'm going to give him some money for it, like (laughs) $10,000 or something like that. I think she gave him $100,000. Yeah, it was something ridiculous. Um, Wow, I can see yeah, completely un- like unplanned. Like you can see Jeff Probst being like, "Uh, what's happening?" as she walks up to him. Um, and ever since then, I think every finale that she's given away her Sia money to a contestant she just personally likes. <laughs> and it's Honestly, um, it's happened to be a game quite a bit. So yeah, we love that. It was yeah. uh, how many using that chandelier money? That song is still on the radio at all times. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just glad Beyonce let her out of her basement to let her uh, give this money to the gays. <laughs> the Cheap um, Thrills fan favorite. Yes. Um, it truly so, is a Cheap Thrill. 
Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah, but yeah, Drag Race was not worth missing out on a Minecraft 100 Gex uh, music festival, unfortunately. Uh, so <laughs> I heard it was great, so I'm excited to watch that on YouTube or whatever. But the, yeah. the innovation of Gen Z to take even uh, quarantine to have a concert over Minecraft with uh, a you know a musical artist that I'm not very familiar with. I, I, I'm, I hope it, I hope it's enjoyable. I'll get I don't... into hundred gags. They're gonna give you the best migraine ever with all of their industrial sounds. But I'm into this exactly. like quarantine concert um, via like video game. Uh, Club Penguin, which was my beloved childhood <laughs> game, had Soccer Mommy. If you know who she is, uh, hell yes, uh, great new kind of you know that her singer songwriter she did a concert on club penguin and i'm like i'm here for this virtual that. world that's exciting i, I checked that out if, for video game concerts i've just been re-watching the opening of final fantasy 10 too <laughs> always a good one great great yeah. song <laughs> agree but yes of course um yeah that's interesting i need to check that out um I love Soccer Mommy. Was it for her newest album, I assume? Or was this, like... Yes. Uh, okay. Which is a great album. Now I'm blanking on the name, but... Um, I just know Circle the Drain perfect. from it. So I always call it Circle the Drain, even though that's not it. Color yeah. Theory, I think. Color Theory, yeah. yeah. I see it as the perfect, like, moody quarantine music. You can just lay on your bed and be yes. moody listening to Soccer Mommy. Yeah. We need Snail Mail to step up and provide even more sad, sad rock songs for us. Sad Bob. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Um, so is that are those our concluding thoughts on this episode of Survivor? I think so. Joseph, thank you so much uh, yeah, for being here. Thank you for writing that article. It is mm-hmm. it is completely accurate to our experience. Yeah, especially the Lisa Welch. I'm glad to hear it. I'm yes. glad to hear it. And thank you so much for having me. This has been such a fun fun way to spend my Saturday in quarantine. Yes. Good. Can I'm so glad. <laughs> let, uh, will you let our <laughs> listeners know where to find you again? Yes, so you can find me, uh, Instagram, Twitter is josephlongo underscore. Um, you can also find me, melmagazine.com, putting out loud, opinionated, uh, queer and pop culture news. Um, I, I just remember you also did the RuPaul as fracking rigs. <laughs> I did do the RuPaul as fracking rigs. That thing blew up. It's still blowing up. RuPaul has yeah. not blocked me. RuPaul's, RuPaul's oh. Drag Race has not blocked me. I was expecting that, but... Um, that's, no blocks yet. Uh, but yeah, we have to be diligent about RuPaul and his fracking, whatever it might mean. <laughs> right, we do. It's true. It's a shame. I'm, I'm waiting, waiting, waiting for some other person to be like, let's just have an entire cast of cast of gay people on a TV show. I'll watch it instead of Drag Race. Please give me that <laughs> excuse and stop watching Drag Race and start watching something else. <laughs> Maybe Survivor and Drag Race could flip. I would love to see some of those... Um, Drag Race contestants try right. to do. It's like, why does line. this only outlet for these amazing, like, underground, like, qu- like queer artists, like, why doesn't any other show highlight these people who deserve to be highlighted and given money? Like, it's just upsetting. <laughs> Big Brother Canada tried to have a drag queen contestant on once, but then it was up to an audience vote, and they went with the some other random woman. Canada. 
<laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I'm uh, Rain Dierks, like I said on Twitter. Uh, follow me there for Animal Crossing content. Um, what else am I doing? I'm rewatching some Digimon seasons too, so get in on that. You know, <laughs> normal, normal things, normal things to do. <laughs> Big quarantine energy. I am Sam Stanish on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Word on the Straits, great podcast I do every single week. We drop on Thursdays. Uh, obviously watch our survivor maryland recap also i forgot to mention this earlier i just appeared on matt Lagori's glee podcast called the choir room uh mm-hmm. and i did a recap for them there as well so look for me there i did the cover art for them so that was very fun i've <laughs> i guess i should probably finish watching glee after i only watched the first season as it aired and never looked back <laughs> same <laughs> Sam is shaking his head no, so I'm getting mixed signals on the... Look, the show is enjoyable. I just know you're watching other stuff that's more enjoyable. No, I, I'm yeah. sorry. No, you need to watch maybe a lot yourself. I don't know the fall if we're still in this to catch up on Glee, but Leah Michelle and um, Miss Naya Rivera, who should have had a big career. I'm a Gleek, so you need to catch uh, up on it. I, I feel like all I really know of beyond season one is the one scene that people always share on Twitter where it's like Naya Rivera's character like reading the shit out of Kurt or whatever. Yeah. I love. That's great. great. Scene. I'd love more of that. <laughs> you really just need that scene and the Adele mashup in your set. The Adele mashup. Oh. <laughs> Naya Rivera deserved to have the career that no one from that show ever got. <laughs> hey. Uh, Jane Lynch had a prolific career before that. <laughs> that's <laughs> true, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I literally cannot think of anyone who came out of that show the better for it. <laughs> oh, Darren well, Chris, I guess. Yeah, oh, Chris was, well, yeah, he so was a he was um way better when he was in Harry Potter musical before that, so hello. <laughs> His best leading man role so far. Oh, yeah, to me. At least high school Derek thought that was the funniest thing he'd ever seen, so <laughs> Um, yeah, again, thank you, Joseph, so much for joining us. Thank you, our bitter Judies, for listening, as always. Um, you know, power through this quarantine. Stay safe. Um, wash your hands. Don't um, do, I don't know, any other advice, Sam, for our listeners? No, I think you covered it. Uh, stay inside. Yes, stay inside. That's the best way to do it. It's like abstinence-only uh, sex education. It's the best thing to do, right? We're back to <laughs> abstinence-only, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks you guys so much. Uh, bye. Bye. bye.